Originally, this was, I was trying to preach through the book of Revelation. I don't want to teach through the book of Revelation. It's two, it's two separate, there's two separate things there. But you can't preach without teaching. You can't teach without preaching. It just, it's just the way it goes. But this is turned more into, some of this turned more into teaching. And we're not going to every detail of what's going on here. But I'm trying to give you kind of an overview. But when I'm giving you an overview, it tends to me leading you to other parts of the Bible. So just hang tight. Some of this, I'm going to lead you to it through the screen, and some of it I want you to turn to in your Bible. I always, always want you to follow along in your Bible because I've had people come up to me after church and say, you know, I, I didn't want to wait on you, so I just kept on reading. And I, and I apologize for that. If you see me reading, you know, that, like they were apologizing to me about that. And I'm like, no, brother or sister, that's wonderful. You're staying in the book. I mean, the Lord's giving you something out of that book. That's a wonderful thing. So look at Revelation chapter 12, verse 12. Yeah, I know it's weird. I got aliens in the spaceships up on the screen right now, and I'll explain why. Look at verse 12. Therefore rejoice. I tell you what, let's go back up. Let's get the context of this. Look at verse 7. Because if you hadn't been here for this, you're going to be going, what is the world's going on here? Verse 7. There was a war in heaven. Michael and his archangels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not, neither is the place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So John had seen a vision of a woman, and this woman had a man-child, and we believe that man-child to be Jesus Christ. And when he had that man-child, it says there was, a, there was a war in heaven. We just read that. Michael Archangel and devil and his angels were fighting in heaven. And Michael Archangel, he kicks the devil out of heaven. Verse 10... And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. And by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Okay, now we're caught up. Now verse 12. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. And of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. The Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I pray, Father, as I read these words, Lord God, and I see what's going on in this world today, Lord God, I can see this, this stuff coming alive and uh, coming to pass before my very eyes, Father, and I pray, Lord, that uh, you'll make it real to us, Lord God, you'll make it urgent to us, Lord, to be out witnessing and telling other people and telling our loved ones, our co-workers, Anybody we run into about the saving power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Lord. And I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit will move and lead and direct us this morning, Lord God. I pray, Father, if I show anything on the screen that's not pleasing to you, Lord God, it'll fall on blind eyes. Lord, if I say something or, uh, that's not pleasing to you, Lord God, it'll fall on deaf ears. Lord, I pray you hide me behind the cross, Lord God. But I pray, Father, that your Son, Jesus Christ, this morning will be glorified and lifted up in every way. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. So what you have going on here is at, at the tribulation period, about halfway through the tribulation period, it appears halfway through the tribulation period, the, the devil gets kicked out of heaven. We read it there in verses 7 through 11. And when he gets kicked out of heaven, because he has access up to heaven to accuse me and you before God's throne day and night. Well, he gets kicked out of heaven, so he comes and he's fallen down. And verse 12 describes him at, in the middle of verse 12, Water the inhabitants of the earth and sea, for the devils come down. He's coming down into the earth. He's coming down into the sea, having great wrath because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. He's a visitor from outer space. 
Now, I've said this for years and years and years and taught this for years and years, and I don't have time to go through all the verses that make you, to show you why I believe this so strongly, but I really believe that the Antichrist is going to show up as an alien. He's going to show up on this earth, at not, not, he's not an alien. He's going to show up as, now notice I'm saying as an alien. He's going to appear as an alien. He's going to appear as they come from outer space. It's going to come down from outer space, and people are going to say, oh, it's the aliens come down. And, he, and he's going to step out of that mothership, and when he steps out of that mothership, he's going to have all the answers. This Antichrist is going to have all the answers. And I'm here to tell you, he's not black, he's not white, he's not Spanish, he's not Chinese, he's not American, he's not Catholic, he's not Christian, he's not Buddhist, he's not Muslim, he's an alien. He's, he has all the answers. He's smarter than all of us. Everybody can accept him and the world's going to follow him like the sands of the sea. But he's going to appear as an alien. You see here in verse 12, it says the devil's kicked out and he's come down. So at that time, there's going to, they're going to come down to the earth. There's going to be a visitors, visitors from outer space. Visitors from outer space. And that's why I threw these, these little UFOs up here. It's interesting to, to, to know that, uh, that the U.S. government's claiming they're seeing UFOs now. And they've got, they're, they're being more honest that they're seeing things up in the sky that they can't, they, can't, they can't acknowledge what it is. Now, I'm here to tell you this morning that there are no aliens from other planets. I don't believe that, not one bit. Now, y'all can argue with me till you're red in the face that there's no way, Brother Keegan, that God created all this universe, all these galaxies, and there's not, there's not, planet on some, there's not life on some other planet. I can't tell you there's not, beyond a shadow of a doubt. I'm just telling you, the Bible does not prove that. The Bible, actually, what the Bible says is this earth is very, very centricity. This earth is very unique. This earth, God created this earth very uniquely. And here's the scientific truth of why, what, the scientific truth of why I believe that there's no, there's no aliens. Or, because scientifically, it's scientifically impossible for life forms or aliens to visit us from another solar system. Even if there is life on another system, way off there, we're talking about, guys, millions of, millions of, of light years away. There's no scientific way for them to travel that long. Now, there's theories, but theory is not scientific fact. And the gravity, the way we know gravity today, works the same way as it does here as it does somewhere else. All the laws that we know of in the universe, they apply all over all the known universe. So what you'll have is, this is a Jewish atheist, ufologist, who says there's, it's scientifically impossible for life forms or aliens, as you, we, people would call them, to visit us from another solar system. But they believe there's something out there. They're saying, I, and this, this guy... Uh, this guy here, he claims that he has seen an, what, what you call a UFO or a spaceship. He's, I've seen it with my own eyes, but what is it? Because scientifically, it's impossible for it to be uh, something going on. Now, what's interesting to me is if you watch movies or TVs, and this has been going on since the 50s, is there's some kind of system, there's some kind of spirit that's pushing this idea of aliens and UFOs. From Star Trek to Star Wars to Close Encounters of the Third Kind, they're, they're pushing this idea that we're going to have these visitors from outer space come and visit us. Everybody in this room has either seen a movie or seen a TV show or have heard about that. And here's verse 12 of Revelation 12 telling you that the devil's going to come down out of heaven with his fallen angels. Remember, his angels cast out with him. End of verse 9, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. All those fallen angels that the devil has, they're coming to come down with him. 
That's why this picture here has got multiple, I have multiple uh, vehicles, multiple ships up here. So the, the question is, okay, well, if they're not, if they're not life forms or what people call aliens, from another solar system or from another planet, what are we seeing? What are people seeing up there? What are the people seeing? This is what the Jewish atheist says, and I agree with them 110%. There's only two possible explanations. One is they are seeing something that's either another dimension. What would they be another dimension? According to the Bible, you've got the Bible describes a spiritual dimension, a spiritual realm. You're seeing something from a spiritual realm. We know... Right now, in this room, there's spiritual warfare going on. There's probably an angel in this room that nobody can see. There's unclean spirits in this room nobody can see. And that's the biggest mistake Christians make. They forget that there's a spiritual side to things. We see things with our eyes, our physical eyes, and we forget there's a spiritual warfare going on. And the, he says it's either these things, are, these, these things that people are seeing, these UFOs, are either coming from another dimension, and the Bible describes it as a spiritual realm, or interterrestrial. Intraterrestrial. That means under the earth. Like E.T., the extraterrestrial. He's from another planet. Terrestrial will be the planet. Earth, terrestrial. Extraterrestrial. He comes from an extra planet. We're saying it's intraterrestrial. Underneath the earth is what this atheist claims. Only two options. Well, that's interesting when you know your Bible, right? Because you know your Bible describes hells beneath us and there's a bottomless pit beneath us. What are people seeing? What people are seeing is either angelic or uh, the devil's angels' activity. They're seeing angelic activity up in the sky. I really believe that. And I think the devil, the antichrist, the devil is getting the world set up to receive the antichrist. And how's the, how's the, devil gonna, how's the world going to receive the antichrist? The world's going to receive the antichrist believing he's coming from outer space. Just like verse 12 tells you, he come down, come down unto the earth. Look at Luke. Look at Luke chapter 21. Visitors from another from outer space. Yeah, those visitors is going to be the devil and his angels. Jesus kind of warned us about this. Luke chapter 21, verse 26. Luke chapter 21, verse 26. Can't you see it? Can't you see the ship, this mothership, this alien ship landing on the White House lawn and an alien coming out? And this alien looks like us. He has an appearance like us. He has an appearance of man. He steps out and he goes, I have all the answers. I'm the Christ the world's been looking for. I'll come back. The Christ, yeah, the Christ. I'm the Christ. Do you know that the Muslims are looking for somebody to come back? They're looking for the Mahdi to come back. They're looking for, the Christians are looking for Christ to come back. The Buddhists are looking for a Christ to come back. Most of the major religions have, a, have this, uh, in their teaching, they have a teaching that there's going to be a, a teacher come back to help them, to lead them to a, to a greener place, to a greener pasture. Even we as Christians believe that. That's the devil setting up this world system. And when he comes back and steps out of that mothership and says, Hey, look at me. I have all the answers. I'm your Christ. I'm the Buddhist Christ. I'm, I have all the answers. And I'm not Muslim. I'm not Christian. I'm not Buddhist. He, I, I'm fair and I'm balanced. And I'm, of course, smarter than everybody. Because I'm an alien. And we all know the aliens don't come down being stupid, do they? At least I've never seen a TV show. I've never, seen, I've never seen a TV show or movie where the aliens come down and they're dumber than us. Y'all have. Point me in that direction. I'd like to see one of those. Look at what Christ said, though, in the end times. And he's answering the question about what happens at the end times. Look at this. Men's, verse 26, men's hearts failing them for fear. Why are they fearful? 
and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. They look up and they're seeing things coming on the earth. The devil's been cast out of heaven. The fallen angels have been cast out of heaven. Here they come down to the earth. And for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. There was war in heaven. We just read it. So Christ is describing in the end times that you've got to look out for this stuff. Watch out for that stuff. All right, look at, Luke, look at Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. All right. So there's the visitors from outer space. Watch out for that stuff. It, the, the Bible says that God's going to send them a strong delusion that they'll believe a lie. What is that strong delusion? What is that lie that God's going to send them? I don't know, but I think it might be associated with some of this stuff that I'm preaching on, preaching on this morning. So look at, look at uh, Luke, Luke, uh, Revelation chapter 12, look at verse 13. Let's see what happens after the devil comes down. And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, see how he's cast unto the earth? He persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. Now, I've already shown you why, but that woman is Israel. It's not Mary. In the Roman Catholic Church back in chapter 12, back here we're in chapter 12, but back in verses 1, 2, and 3, they try to make Mary, they try to make that woman Mary. Well, that doesn't work out here in verse 13 because then you have Mary being persecuted by the devil and running off in the wilderness. This doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. There's something not, not right. It's not Mary. It's the woman that had them brought forth the man-child and type is Israel. This is Israel that the, that the dragon the, this, is persecuted. He persecuted the woman who has brought forth the man-child, verse 14. Verse 14, and to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. The woman was given two wings of a great eagle. That verse right there has been used to prove that America's in Scripture as prophets, as a prophet, prophecy. That, that Scripture there, verse 14, the two wings of a great eagle, People say, see, there's America, the, the eagle, there's America. That's not America, man. What, if you study your Bible, what do you see God relate himself to all through the Bible? An eagle. I'll carry you on eagle's wings. I'll lift you up on eagle's wings. I'll carry you on eagle's wings. All that, and he's talking to Israel in doctrine. He's talking to Israel, and here it is. He's two wings of a great eagle. That's God. That she might, she, that would be Israel, might fly into the wilderness. That's out into the desert, into her place. Desert means, like, when I say desert, I don't mean the Sahara Desert. It means in a deserted place. Into her place, she has a place where she is nourished for a time and a times and a half a time. A time one, times two, times and half a time. That's three and a half years. There's that three and a half years again. From the face of the serpent. So this happens at the very, this happens in the last half of the tribulation period. There's a seven-year tribulation period. The last three and a half years is when the devil's cast down. And I'll get into this more in Revelation 13, but the devil's cast down. And when he's cast down, that's when Israel starts really getting persecuted. And the devil breaks that covenant he has with Israel. And Israel starts, flees off. And then Jesus Christ, I mean God through Jesus Christ, is taking Israel and hiding her out in the wilderness in her own time, in her own place. See, look at, look, go back up to verse 6. This was, this was implied in verse 6. Go back up to verse 6. And the woman fled into wilderness where she had the place Prepared of God. She has a place prepared of God that she should feed her there, that they should feed her there 1,203 score days. That's three and a half years. 1,203 score days is three and a half years. So but notice that the woman's fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared of God. So there's a place prepared of God 
for Israel to flee into. And that's what we're going to talk about through the rest of this service this morning. But go back to verse 15. And the serpent, serpent of course, serpent being the devil, cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. So this is this great scene of this dragon, and he has water, and he's spewing this water out of his mouth. It's like a water, it's like a water breathing. Instead of fire breathing, it's a water breathing dragon, like a Leviathan. And he's spewing out this water, a physical flood coming out, and the earth opens up and swallows up that water, brings the water down so it won't, it won't uh, take care or won't destroy Israel when she's fleeing into the wilderness. It's a wild scene, guys. And there's not, there's not a picture I can put up here for you to show you that. I don't know of one. I don't know what to tell you. You're just going to have to believe it. I can't explain every bit of it. And then verse 17, And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. That would be Israel, the remnant of the Jews. And here we go, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's not you. Brothers and sisters, that's not you. You know what you have? You have the testimony of Jesus Christ, but you're not keeping the commandments of God. You better not be. That's law. We don't, we're not under the law. Amen. Paul tells us, we're not law, and, law, law, works, and grace, they don't mix. And they're mixing right here. They're keeping the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. This is a works-based salvation for the Jew in the tribulation period. Not what you're getting saved under. You're getting saved under grace. So there's, a little impl- there's something going on there. Remember, that's important, and we'll get into it more as we go through the book of Revelation. But go back up, and talk, we're going to talk about this flood. So I can't describe exactly what's going on with this flood. I will tell you, in Daniel chapter 9, when he's given the 70 weeks for Israel, and he says, after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, that would be Jesus Christ crucified, but not for himself, he was crucified, and the people of the prince that shall come, the people of the prince, the prince is the Antichrist, the people is Rome. The people, Rome of the prince, Antichrist that shall come, shall destroy the city and, and the sanctuary. And they did in 72 AD. They destroyed, they came in, Titus, the Romans destroyed Jerusalem and the temple. But notice, and the end thereof shall be with the flood, and unto the, utter, and to the end of the war desolations are determined. The end of the war being Armageddon. Don't know what that is. But it looks like it's a physical water flood. What's interesting is, remember, remember when we were studying about Euphrates and how they built the dam and the dam has been backed up? And now that they, they, and then the, there's angels released to, to dry up that river Euphrates and we get, there's a dam up in Turkey that's been built. All that's associated with water. Brother, sister, I don't know what's going on. I know God promised not to flood the earth again. I can tell you that. Now, I, Isaiah 59, 19 has an interesting set of scriptures saying when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. It might be t- so that might be a type of all the Antichrist uh, uh, armies coming in, all his soldiers coming in. I'm not 100% sure, I can't tell you. But that's all I know about it. Until the Lord gives us more light. I don't know anybody else that has more light. All right, Selah Petra, Selah Petra. So it said there that, said there that she's going to be carried into the wilderness and to her place. And in verse 6 it says that God has prepared her a place. So we think that place is down here called Selah Petra. This is, a, this is a map of Israel back in that time. Here's Mount Sinai where the law was given. Here's Jerusalem. Jordan, Syria will be up here. Jordan's over here. Iraq, Iran, all that's over here. Egypt's over here. But here is 
Selah Petra. It's south of Israel. It's south Israel. Here's the Dead Sea. Here's the Sea of Galilee. Jesus Christ did a lot of his ministry. But down south of here, is a, in the wilderness, is a place called Selah, Selah Petra. Selah Petra. So it says it's a place prepared of God in verse 6. A place prepared of God. So in Matt, don't turn there, but in Matthew 24, Jesus Christ prophesied that in the end times, that when the, whenever the, the Antichrist sets up the abomination of desolation in the temple, in that third temple, that he says, you better run. And Israel's going to flee. And, he's, and all that's, and, and write these verses down if you don't know them. Matthew 24, 15 through 22, that's Jesus Christ prophesying about the Israel fleeing from the abomination of desolation, fleeing from the Antichrist. So turn to Psalm chapter 60, though. Turn to Psalms chapter 60. I want y'all to read this with me if you're following along. Psalms chapter 60. Because there's some prophecy here going on. Psalms chapter 60, verse 9. So there's some prophecy that God's going to lead Israel to Edom. And that's never happened. In the history of Israel, God's never led Israel down to Edom, down in that wilderness I just showed you. Psalm chapter 60, verse 9. We'll look at verse 8. Moab is my washpot over Edom. There's that word Edom. Will I cast out my shoe? Philistia, triumph thou because of me. Who will bring me into the strong city? Who will lead me into Edom? Will not thou, O God, which has cast us off, and thou, O God, which didst not go out with our armies, Give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man. Through God we shall do valiantly, for he it is that shall tread down our enemies. And I want to point, go back to this and show you that here's Edom right here. That's right where Selah Petra is, down here in Edom. And you see that prophecy that we just read, the prophecy we just read there that verse 9, Who will bring me into a strong city? Who will lead me into Edom? Talking about God. And of course it goes on to say God's going to do that. And that was found in Psalm 69. Here's some other verse here. Psalm 31, 20. You can go home and read that one if you want to read it and write it down. It's another prophecy involving Edom. But in 2 Kings 14, 7, it says, And Edom is where Selah is located. Edom is where Selah is located. And there's an area, and I'm about to show it to you on the transparency here on the PowerPoint. So in Daniel chapter 11, verse 41, Edom, Moab, and Ammon are all three areas that shall escape the Antichrist. All three of those areas escape the Antichrist during the Antichrist reign. The Antichrist tries to rule the whole world, but there's certain areas that the Bible says, and in Daniel 11, 41 says, Edom and Moab and Ammon shall escape the Antichrist. So here's Ammon, here's Moab, and here's Edom. They're all three right here, and Edom being here south, and we just read where Edom... It's in 2 Kings, Edom, Selah Petra, is here in Edom. Look at Isaiah 16. Look at Isaiah. Turn to the right. If you're in Psalms with me, turn to the right to Isaiah 16. I want, I want you to read this with me. Isaiah 16. We're talking about that Selah Petra. This is where God's going to take Israel, and He's going to lead them down here. And when the, when the Antichrist is up here in Jerusalem... And he's, he's killing Jews and drinking their blood and eating their bodies and doing all the sacrifices he's doing in Jerusalem. When he's doing all that with the false prophet, they're going to escape. And when they escape, God's, it says, the Bible says God's going to carry them on two wings of an eagle and carry them down into the wilderness. And we believe that wilderness area is going to be right here at Selah Petra. Selah Petra. Look at Isaiah chapter 16, verse 1. Send ye the lamb to the ruler of the land from Selah. 
to the wilderness. There's Selah, see that? But who are you sending to say, look, send ye the lamb. Who's the lamb? I know who the lamb is. <laughs> now, did they know who the lamb was when he's writing in Isaiah? Not one bit did Isaiah know that. Isaiah didn't know who that was. But we know who that is in 2023. We know that's Jesus Christ. Send you the lamb, Jesus Christ, to the ruler of the land from Selah. There's Selah down here. No spelling for Selah there without the H. And look at verse 2. For it shall be that as a wandering bird casts out of the nest, so the daughters of Moab shall be at the fords of Arnon. There's Moab again. Down in here, the daughters of Moab, just right north of Edom. Let's keep reading. Take, verse 3, take counsel, execute counsel, execute judgment. Make thy shadow as the night in the midst of the noonday. So he's telling the Lord, make your shadow as the night. So it's noonday, it's bright light outside, but God's shadow will hide you. It'll conceal you like an eagle's wings. What did Jesus Christ say when he was over Jerusalem? He was crying. And Jesus Christ said, Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, how I would have gathered together like a hen gathers her chicks, but you would not. And a hen gathers those chicks underneath her wings. He says, I'll take Israel on two wings. I'll take the woman on two wings of a great eagle. It says, See that? And it says there, Make thy shadow as a night in the midst of the noonday. Hide the outcasts. Beray not him that wandereth. Let mine outcast, mine outcast. That's the Lord speaking, mine. Who's mine out, who's, who belongs to God? Israel. Let mine outcast dwell with thee, Moab. There it is, Moab, right up in here. Moab area. Let him dwell with thee. Be thou a covert, a hiding place to them from the face of the spoiler. For the extortioner, that's the Antichrist, guys. The spoiler, the extortioner, the Antichrist is at an end. He's about to be finaled. The spoiler ceaseth. The oppressors are consumed out of the land. That's the end of the tribulation period when the Antichrist gets what, come, what comes to him. But look at verse 5. And in mercy shall the throne be established and he shall sit upon it in truth in the tabernacle of David, judging and seeking judgment and hasting righteousness. Who is that he of verse 5? Look, and in mercy shall the throne be established, and he shall sit upon it in truth. Who's the he? Well, I'm not an English scholar, but if you break that down in that paragraph, you know that he is? The Lamb. <laughs> and we know that Lamb to be our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Selah Petra, is, this is a modern day map of the nation of Israel in the Israeli area. So if today, if you looked on a map like Google mapped it up, you're going to see this area, and here's Israel today, the land that was divided to Israel for the nation of Israel. There's the Gaza Strip. There's Jerusalem, modern day Jerusalem. Here's the West Bank. You hear so much people talk about Gaza Strip. You know, this little area right here, there's not a day that goes by, including the day that they don't fire a missile from the Gaza Strip into Israel trying to kill Jews. The Muslims, they're peaceful people, real peaceful. So here is modern-day Jordan right here, and you see this little area, it's modern-day Jordan. Here's Saudi Arabia, there's Iraq, there's Syria, all these names. There's Lebanon up there. Here's Egypt, here's Egypt. So this is modern-day Jordan, this little yellow-in area, and right up here is Petra. Petra means rock. That's what that means, rock. Selah, Selah is just pause. The word Selah means pause, wait, just a pause. Pausing at the rock, waiting at the rock, Petra, Selah Petra. So that area looks like this, pretty wilderness, isn't it? Deserted. That's what this place looks like. This is a mountain region. You don't see a lot of stuff growing over here. 
There's some hikers hiking. Look at that. That looks almost like the Grand Canyon, doesn't it? I mean, in some place. I've never been physically to the Grand Canyon, but that's what I've seen pictures of it. But it's what it looks like. But this is what Selah Petra has in it now. There's been some carvings there where they carved out of the rock in this area called Selah Petra. So when you're going to reach Selah Petra, it's in this rocky area and this rock area, and the only way you really can reach it from the ground is go through this, this narrow walkway right here. And it walks through all these little valleys and real narrow, and you come up to it, and when you come out of it, you're going to come up through like this, and you're going to see all these, these paintings, I mean all these carvings, stone carvings. It looks like a great, like a cathedral or something here. See, and here's the, you can see the size of it compared to people. Near it, if you've ever seen the movie Indiana Jones and the Last Crusades, at the end of that movie, they filmed that scene, those scenes right here. See, this looks like it's got this big, but it's not big. You go in here, it's just a little room here. That's kind of a false facade there. But you see, there's, there's a civilization that lived there, and they really, it's Jordanian or something, uh, around 300 B.C., and they carved this out, and then they disappeared, and now it's just a tourist place. And tourists go in here. But you got to go a certain way to get in there. It's hard. It's kind of hidden away. That's Selah Petra. That's where we believe God's going to go hide the Jews. And that's what the prophecy is saying. He's going to lead them down to Edom, down into Selah, down into Petra. And he's going to have them there waiting out. And that's where they'll be hiding out from the Antichrist. And the Bible says the Antichrist can't get into Edom. He can't get into Moab. He can't get into Ammon. God's protecting those areas. And we believe that reason why is because that's where they're flee fleeing down here to hide out. And remember what it said there in Revelation chapter 12, verse 6, that when God prepares them a place, He's going to feed them in the wilderness. Just like Jesus Christ filled them, fed them in the wilderness. I read you those, the 5,000. Just like Egypt, I mean, just like when Israel was coming out of Egypt, God fed, fed them in the wilderness with manna. All that stuff I've been preaching on lately, all that weird stuff, it all ties together. It all ties together in the Bible. So turn to Psalms uh, 46. Go back to Psalm. So this is a, uh, what you're seeing up on the transparency right now is a, and we're closing out in Psalms 46, we're closing. So this is like a little, they had a candlelight vigil where they had a bunch of people get there. I don't know if there's any kind of church service or not, but it kind of, I put this picture up here because this shows you what, would, you could see this possibly taking place where they're all, what's left, the remnant of Israel is hiding out from the Antichrist, and God has them hiding out here in Selah Petra, hiding out. You say, well, if God, if you know about this, Brother Keegan, then the devil has to know about it because the devil knows more about the Bible than you do, and that's right, he does. Well, and the, devil, the devil's going to do something about that. The devil will just go on down there and do something about that. Well, when God says something happens, it happens, if the devil likes it or not. Do you know that God said that, east, that, eastern, that, that east gate in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount won't be opened up until Jesus Christ walks through it? You know where it's at? It's still closed up to this day. <laughs> and everybody knows that prophecy. Even this one guy was going to try to blow it up during that, that six-day war. I think he's going to try to blow that east gate up so he could use it. He went to try to blow it up, and then he got his head cut off. It didn't happen. I'm telling you, when God says something's going to happen, it's going to happen. And the devil knows that. I can't explain it. Now, when we get to hindsight's 2020, when you get to the end of it, you can look back and say, oh, I see how all that happened. I see how all that happened. Look at uh, Psalms 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Is he that to you this morning? I know he is to me, and I pray that he's a refuge to you. Therefore will, will, not, therefore will not we fear... Though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. See, that's all tribulation period. 
Verse 3, though the waters thereof roar, there's those floods, and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. See, that Selah in the Psalms is, a, is, a, is, a, is used as a pause. It's not naming the, the area Selah Petra that we're looking at here on the screen. It's just a pause. But what's interesting about the Bible in Psalms is everywhere you see that Selah in that, in that area of verses, you're going to see a second advent reference. You're going to see a second coming of Jesus Christ reference somewhere around that, that word Selah. Verse 4, there is a river, the streams whereof, whereof shall make the glad the city of God. There is a river. It's called the river of life. And it's going to be it for the healing of the nations. And the Bible says in the end, when Jesus Christ comes back and that river of life comes out of that throne of Jerusalem, it's going to come down and start healing all the land, the river of life. That's what he's talking about in verse 4. Verse 5, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be, she shall not be moved. God shall help her and that right early. Get up early to do it too. <laughs> That's our God. You know what this applies to? You today, Christian. This is your Lord God today. It's how He feels about you. The way He feels about Israel is how He feels about you. Look at verse, uh, look at verse 6. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved, He uttered His voice, the earth melted. See, all second advent, all second coming. The Lord, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. See that Selah there again. Verse 8, Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolations He hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. That's millennial kingdom. He breaketh the bow. That's millennial kingdom. And cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. When the Prince of Peace comes, there will be peace. But until that time, there will be no peace until Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, comes. And then the wars will cease, and the bows will be broken, and the spears will be broken in two. But look at verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. You bunch of heathens. Do you all know that you all are a bunch of heathens? If you're not a Jew, you're a heathen. And right now this morning, you got up this morning to come into this, this building to exalt God and to exalt His Son, Jesus Christ. And I will be exalted among the heathen. And He is, amen. I will be exalted in the earth. And He is over here in Indian Gap, Texas. He's exalted. God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of hosts is with us. Is He with you this morning? Does He dwell in you? He can be with you if you know Him as your Lord and Savior. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Brother Hank was, blessed us with a, with a song and he was talking and singing about the rock. Petra, the rock. Selah, the rock. We sing about it. The rock that is higher than I. The rock of, he, uh, uh, the rock of refuge. I'm going to get into the cleft of the rock. Paul says when they were in the wilderness, that rock followed them. And what came out of that rock? Living waters. They drank. And what did Paul go on to say in Corinthians? He said, and that rock was Jesus Christ. So whenever they go and hide out in Petra, the rock, they're hiding out with Jesus Christ. Jesus has got them hid out right there. That's Israel. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your grace and mercy, Lord. I do pray, Father, if there's somebody... Underneath the sound of my voice, Lord, they can't say that you're their refuge, Lord. They don't know in their heart, they don't have that testimony, Lord, that you love them, Lord, that you, you're going to keep them, you're going to take care of them, Lord God, that no matter what happens, Lord, you've got a place waiting for them in heaven. And Lord, I pray, Father, if they don't have that testimony, they don't know what I'm talking about, Lord, that when we give this invitation, Lord, come on down here. 
Come on down the aisle and get saved, Lord God. We thank you for your saving grace and mercy, Lord God. We thank you for these people, Lord, that love you. They want to come out here and they want to exalt your name, Lord God. And I, th I pray, Lord, you bless them for it. In Jesus Christ, holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3 verse 16. And most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now that's an amazing verse of course talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it and if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13, he sums it up, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you, and until next time. Casting all your care 
upon him.